You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. In a world where knowledge is king, two men will strive to... <coughs> oh, sorry about that. We're 100 Things We Learned From Film, the podcast that takes a different subject movie each week and tries to learn 100 things. Hence the funny title. I'm Mark. And I'm John. And my favourite thing I've learned so far is that chickens have pea crystals. What's yours? <laughs> Quite. Do you know the mosquito in the original Jurassic Park is the only type of mosquito that doesn't actually suck blood? So in this case, no blood, no dinosaurs, no film. So that's us, 100 things we've learned from film. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. Um, well, Keegan hasn't sung yet. Oh, okay. Unless he did in the latest episode. I haven't seen it. But um, he's very anti-musical. Um, reminds <laughs> me of somebody on this podcast. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We're here and we're starting a new show after taking a week off. We're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Now, this is a, also a comic book. This is produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. Uh, I forget what the name of their uh, production company is, but it's on Netflix, which, uh, which, which was a little surprising to me because it's a Warner Brothers television show or television series, so it's not on... HBO Max, but uh, initial thoughts from everybody on on the first two episodes of Sweet Tooth. Fuck Jessica? this show! Oh, yeah. John, <laughs> what? Right out the gate. Uh, I started watching this show, and it got to like a certain point. My daughter was watching it with me, and she said, "Dad, is this show gonna make me cry?" And I responded, "Probably." <laughs> choking back myself a little bit i was like oh uh yeah i'm with tesla i (laughs) i went and i'm like this show is just gonna make me sad (laughs) like i don't want to watch it it's just gonna make me sad yeah i like halfway through the first episode i was like i regret suggesting this one (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was the one who said it why did i do that to myself a lot of eye rolling too I don't yeah. know why. I'm just like frustrated with dystopians right now. Because so. <laughs> we're living a dystopian. I don't want to actually have to watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah, this isn't escapism anymore. This is like yeah. a reflection or commentary. <laughs> I mean, was this shot during the pandemic? I feel like it was shot before the pandemic, before COVID. Honest, prob- I don't know. It had to have been shot before or like I- just finished shooting before. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very similar. <laughs> yeah. It's so eerie. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if they went back and reshot some things or if it was shot during. But as always, uh, before we get into our main show, we're going to talk about our week's watch. Mm-hmm. But let me introduce everybody. I'm Mitch. With me, as always, is John. Hi. And Jessica. Hi. 
And Elizabeth. Hello. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, this week I'm going to try really hard not to spoil it because it just came out and I know at least some of us on here have not yet seen it and will want to see it. But we went and saw uh, The Jungle Cruise or Jungle Cruise. I don't think there's a the. Um, Which is the new Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt Disney movie based on the Disney ride. Yep. We did this backwards. Um, (laughs) It was everything I wanted it to be. It was so wonderfully puntastic. Oh, Uh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, there were were so many puns. So many puns. Mitch sat there and just kept rolling his eyes while I was giggling uncontrollably because the puns were were really on point. Look, had had it it been like throughout (laughs) the movie, I would have been okay. But like a shotgun spray of just a whole bunch of puns in one segment was like hurting me. And then it continued on, though. You got them throughout the movie. Not quite at that extent as as the, the initial shotgun blast, but it was just... Oh, it was wonderful. And yeah, no, it did everything I wanted it to. I was happy with the way it ended. I just, yeah, overall it was excellent. (laughs) I don't know how much more I can say without spoiling it. That's fine. So uh, I'm guessing Elizabeth doesn't know this movie and I'm not sure about Jessica, but I'm sure John remembers a certain 1980s Robert Zemeckis movie by the name of Romancing the Stone. I love that movie. Okay, well, <laughs> you're gonna love Jungle Cruise then, because this is exactly oh the same. <laughs> it's my favorite ride and one of my favorite '80s movies. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I got huge romancing, romancing the Stone vibes from this movie. Um, th- my one criticism, and well, there's there's a lot of criticism. You have a lot of criticism, but the biggest movie. criticism for me is that there is absolutely no chemistry between Emily Blunt and The Rock. Like, Are you kidding it, me? I see them in interviews and all I see is chemistry. So I don't even know. Yes, in their interviews, yes. But okay. in the movie, I like, I don't know if it's toned down or what. But like, there's just... Uh, to me, it seemed like there was absolutely none. Yeah. I. There wasn't a ton of chemistry. But to me, it was... I didn't think there was supposed to be. Okay. I, I, I didn't think there was supposed to be. Okay. So I was okay with, with where it where it landed on that. Hmm. Um supporting cast is great. Paul Giamatti's in there for like a literal five minutes. It's odd. <laughs> it's odd for him to be even be in the movie, but I always enjoy seeing Paul Giamatti. Jack Whitehall. Uh I know that the, there was some controversy in, in casting him in this role um but i enjoyed him so it's interesting to to see him play this character so to speak um i, I yeah i, I yeah, can't no it was just it was it was overall it was wonderful it was exactly what i wanted it to be <laughs> it's not going to go down in cinematic history for anything spectacular but it is it's exactly what i wanted it to be okay. so i can't complain <laughs> All right. Uh, Jessica, is there any like uh, inklings or rumors or news out there that they're going to change the ride up at all for what the movie's doing? Um, 
There's not quite rumors yet. I don't think. I mean, people are going to assume so. They have been changing up the ride recently anyways because they're trying to take out the uh, racism in it. <laughs> so Good. They've, been, they've been, yeah, they've been doing that um, because it, it had bad representations of tribal people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been doing that. And, but the other thing is there's, I think five different versions of Jungle Cruise throughout the world. And I know one, I can't remember which it's of the Asian parks, but there's one that has, it's like completely different from any other Jungle Cruise where it's like good forces versus evil for like water versus fire or something. It looks utterly magically amazing. So I don't know if the movie pulled from that at all or anything because I haven't seen it yet. Um, Actually, you can learn more about the ride too. Um, There's a new documentary on Disney plus. And I, why am I blanking on what it's called? But the first episode is on Jungle Cruise and I did watch that, um, which also was an ad for the Jungle Cruise movie too. And I was slightly disappointed in that, but the documentary is really good. I don't love the narrator they have for that documentary, but it did have a lot of good information about the ride and all the rides and how it's evolved over time. Very cool. Because yeah, they went and they, they put Johnny Depp on the, Print the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, right? Yeah, they did. They have Johnny well, Depp. Well, they put and Jack they Sparrow. Have, yeah, well, yeah. They put Jack Sparrow on it and Barbosa and the Dutchman guy. Um, and that was like, I don't know if they'll do it because that pissed off a lot of people. But honestly, anything Disney does pisses off a lot of people. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll uh, depend on how popular this movie is going to end up being. If they'll make it- that decision. Since we're not going to talk too much about this particular movie, did everybody see the announcement of casting for the Haunted Mansion movie that they're going to be redoing? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't read anything on it. Though. It's <laughs> Tiffany Haddish and and uh, Lakeith Stanfield are going to both be in the movie, and it's going to take place in New Orleans, just outside of New Orleans, which I guess cool. makes sense because yeah. the, the ride itself is in New Orleans Square. That's where the Disneyland mansion is based off of. Okay. And then the the one in Florida in Disney World is, I think, based off of, like, northeastern mansions. I don't know. But the one in Disneyland straight up looks like a New Orleans plantation house, actually. Something out of the French Quarter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I remember after the first Haunted Mansion movie, the one with Eddie Murphy, they put Jennifer Tilly inside the the crystal ball on the ride because she played the, the what's, what are those sorceress? No. Uh, Madame Leota. Yeah. But yeah, what, the, what, what would you call her? Like a, a fortune teller. She's a fortune teller. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. She was a medium in the movie or she was the head in the crystal ball in the movie. So I'm guessing there might be changes to that ride going. Did they change it back to the original actress? Right. They, they did. Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, I, well, because it wasn't even an actress, really. It was an engineer. She oh, She was an okay. engineer or painter or something for Disney, and she just had one of those iconic, creepy, sharp faces. So that's the face. <laughs> I can't remember. I think she did the voice for it. I can't remember. There's another so documentary got, that goes you, on. You, you look creepy enough to be in a, <laughs> in a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, and her daughter actually does still does work for Disney, and so it's it's cute. I don't know. It's a family so company. We, we obviously, we, we hit it big, or at least Disney hit it big with Pirates of the Caribbean being turned mm-hmm. into a movie. Then they tried it with Haunted Mansion, which didn't have great returns. 
now yeah. Jungle Jungle Cruise probably is going to be a big hit. Yeah. Like what other rides could they actually turn into a movie as opposed to a movie that's got turned into a ride? Star Tours. Well, they got Thunder Mountain. <laughs> so, th- yeah, I mean, that's its <laughs> original Mountain. property. That would yeah. Matterhorn. They yeah, could. but then you have got to deal with like Gettys and Bigfoot. Um. <laughs> Didn't they take those out? They no. have, but well, no, they're still no. there. They brought they're them still, back. Still there. Oh, okay. Oh. Why would they take out the Yetis? Was that offensive? Well, culturally no. insensitive to Yetis. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Yeti they had to take out at least in the Mount Everest ride in Disney World because the foundation of it was yeah. sinking. It was very heavy of an animatronic, so they took uh, it out for a bit till they could figure out how to put it back in. And I think the I think it's Bigfoot. No, it's the Abominable Snowman and Matterhorn. Yeah. And they took him out just during a refurb. They've put him back in. And there's n- there's nothing to like Space Mountain, right? Like there's no story. There is a slight story, and I keep on hearing rumors that they are going to do a Space Mountain movie, but it's seriously just rumors and on those sites that, like, we've got this covered, you know, kind of thing, where you're like, (laughs) yeah, whatever. (laughs) So, but yeah, they could easily, I mean, they did Tomorrowland, so they could easily do Space Mountain. Yeah, that's a whole land. They could easily do Space Mountain. But I feel like with the storyline in Space Mountain, you might as well just put the money into Star Wars. Like, yeah, and that they that's already it, have like, something of that that vein. Or remake Black Hole. Sure, I still yeah. haven't seen Black Hole, so I, I wouldn't know if it's a good movie <gasps> I or not. No idea what you're talking about. So well, you can hear our opinions on it. Okay, so Jungle Cruise is available on Disney Plus's Premier Access right now. It is also in theaters if you feel safe. Definitely worth a watch. John, what did you watch this week? So, because of the week off and things just happened to align, I actually watched a bunch of stuff, unlike the last time I was on. Um, so, I'll try to make it brief, but there was three things I watched. One, I watched the um, Assembled for the uh, season of Loki. On okay. Disney Plus, it was really interesting hearing the actors discuss just the behind-the-scenes stuff on it. There was a really kind of tender and maybe slightly awkward moment where Owen uh, Wilson, um, that's Owen, right? Not Luke. It's Owen. Yes, it's yeah. Owen. Yeah. I, I always get them confused. I was like, okay, which one's this one? Okay, so yeah, Owen Wilson was talking about having a conversation with Tom Hiddleston one day. And Tom Hiddleston was just going on and on about doing Shakespeare in London and working with Kenneth Branagh and all these different things. And he stopped himself suddenly in conversation. And he said, Owen, have you ever done Shakespeare? Have you played and Owen life? was just taken aback that someone would even think of him and Shakespeare in the same sentence. <laughs> he was like, um, "No, but thanks for asking." You know, and he's like, "Dude, you'd be great at like." And he started giving him like different things. I think Horatio, like, he'd be great at Horatio from Hamlet. Yeah, I think. like I think he definitely. I don't know if he'd be a lead, but he'd be a good part in yeah. something. Um, but yeah, that was just like a really interesting like little moment that they had, and. Um, Aside from that, I also watched on Disney Plus Luca, finally. Got Ooh. around to it. Uh, it was a really sweet movie. It was really cute. Uh, not a lot of thread in it, which is kind of something I felt like I needed. Um, mm. 
the i mean there is technically an antagonistic presence but it's more like overcoming prejudice really than anything else um and other than that just the uh, there was one specific thing i did want to mention about luca that i really loved and that one it looks like it's slightly based on a previous short where three fishermen are out at night um Luna. collecting stars i think or cleaning mm-hmm. the moon or something they're cleaning kinda... the moon and that's why the moon has phases they brush it yeah. yeah. Why are they fishermen? Like, what? Why because do the they go out in a boat and because they get on the moon Mitch. by hooking it, and then they oh. climb a ladder. We it's are the adorable. dreamers it's of the Luna. dream. You can find it on Disney Plus. It's one of my favorite <laughs> shorts. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> this clearly a- just doesn't understand the magic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's your job to clean the moon, then it's your job to clean the moon. You're not a fisherman. But why are they fishermen? Okay. Because they're whalers on the moon. <laughs> they carry a harpoon. Anyway. So, <clears throat> I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So, Luca. It has this really cool art style where, besides the characters looking obviously Pixar-esque, most of the environment looks very close to, I wouldn't say photorealistic, but it has a real realistic look to it. But, there's fantasy sequences where the main character often kind of goes off into his like daydreaming Mm -hmm. and everything changes into like a much more art, like a children's book style of environment where like the stars are basically like glowing fish. And um, it's like, everything just has like more saturated colors and it looks more cartoony and dreamy. And I just really like those transitions. I thought it was just a really sweet story. You know, a couple of monster kids that just want to be a part of the real world for a little bit and drive around on a Vespa. And <laughs> I saw um, there was some fan art that somebody did of Loki where um, they have uh, Mobius, Loki, and Sylvie all riding on a like a jet ski, but in the art style of Luca. And I hadn't seen the movie yet, so it just didn't make any sense to me. And now I'm like, dude, that's perfect. That's so cute. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Luca, really cool movie. And last thing I saw was season two of the movies that made us on Netflix. Nice. So speaking of Robert Zemeckis and Romancing the Stone, there's two yep. Robert Zemeckis <laughs> yeah. movies in this season, and they talk about Romancing the Stone. A they lot. do. Yeah. They, they, and again, not going Which too is the far first into time it. I've ever heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Jewel of the Nile is not as good, but it is not. We're gonna fix that. We're going to fix that, Elizabeth. <laughs> we're going to have a girls' I, night, and we're going to fix that. <laughs> I mean, should, should this be a VHS Gems Overtime? It could. It, it could really be. could. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> this season features Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Pretty Woman, and Forrest Gump. And like I said, two of those are Robert Zemeckis films. Uh, the first one is Back to the Future. And like with the first season, the thing that fascinates me the most, because once upon a time, when I had hopes and dreams, I thought I could be a movie director. So I was always into following the behind the scenes stuff of things and how things go together and how drastically things change and have to be improvised. And that's, I mean, very much the case with all of these movies, like, From day one, it sounded like Back to the Future was just going to be a complete disaster, having to change your main character like six weeks into shooting. And change Um, the tone completely. Yes. Um, Although I did love this really particular moment where they're saying they're having a table read with the original actor, which was uh, Eric Stoltz. Yep. Um, 
you might remember him as the kid from Mask or the drug dealer from Pulp Fiction. And um, he, um, I guess they had a table read. And when they got to the last page and they talk about how Marty's now in this new, uh, his family is like improved and all this other stuff's changed. Eric Stoltz got really sullen because he basically was like, this is sad. And everybody's like, why is this sad? He says, because Marty doesn't know these people. Like he doesn't have any memories of this life with them. And like, it's, there's not the same person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, that's deep. <laughs> and it's true, but yeah. that's not what the movie focuses on. The movie is more like, ah, it's like, eh, you don't there. necessarily know that. Did you watch butterfly effect? Like after he goes back and changes things in the past, like he, he comes to the future. He, he gets all the new memories along with his old memories. Yes. And it gives him like brain hemorrhages every time. And like Marty didn't have a nosebleed. The rules might not be the same. You don't know. No, like Ant-Man said in Endgame, back to the future is bullshit. That's right. It really is. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't stick to its own time travel rules. Anyway, um, but that fascinated me just uh, watching all of these movies. I love the scene in the Jurassic Park one where they're talking to this one guy that worked at ILM and he was like, extremely rebellious like he went against his supervisor's like direction and single-handedly or maybe with the help of another engineer came up with the cgi dinosaurs did a test reel and then like played it in the background at the right time where kathleen kennedy who's now running um well for now currently still running lucasfilm um and she got it she she saw it she was like what's that and I love them describing the situation with their supervisor, Dennis Murin, who, if you know Star Wars and that kind of stuff, yeah, he's really a big part of that whole ILM world. Um, mm-hmm. Just being absolutely furious, but saying, oh, that's something that our guys are working on. Like, someday we might be able to incorporate this. And she was like, this looks pretty good, actually. So she spread the word to Steven Spielberg. They had a test screening one day with Lucas in, uh, in screen, and supposedly Lucas cried. Because this was the first inkling that he was going to finally be able to make a new Star Wars movie because the effects have caught up to what he could imagine. And uh, that was like a lot. And and that's why we have CGI dinosaurs. Before then, they were fully on board with having them be stop motion with Mm -hmm. uh, Phil Tippett. And Stan Winston was going to be doing the the, uh, mechanical ones uh, on set. So... Yeah, it was really interesting evolution, pun intended, of the whole movie-making process. And Pretty Woman, my biggest takeaway from that is I remember watching it when it first came out. And I remember that it was supposed to be called 3000 because she was a hooker and that was the amount they settled on. Um, But watching this now, I'm blown away by just how crazy that production was. Because they they didn't want uh, Jason Alexander... Right. Because he was so short, mm-hmm. but that especially the director it was like, no, it's, it's um, the director was quoted as saying it's going to look like Richard Gere is beating up a dwarf. <laughs> I was like, ooh, it's Gary Marshall was a director. Gary Marshall, thank you. And um, but yeah, yeah, Richard Gere lobbied for him. He's like, no, dude, this is the guy. We need him. And just on the force of this role alone, he, he ended up getting Seinfeld, and that yes. changed his life forever. And an interesting little tidbit is that all of the fashion that was designed for Julia Roberts in the movie was intentional. Mm -hmm. And it forever changed, apparently, like dress styles from that point forward. 
people apparently are still looking for that Julia Robert dress, like for prom. And <laughs> she brought back polka dots apparently because it was like passe by the 80s. Yep. And like she just made it popular again. And hats, I think, became a thing momentarily because of that. <laughs> um, I personally liked the fact that they only had four yards of that fabric. So they literally could not make a second one. They could not make any mistakes. It was like, okay, it has to fit. That's, that's all we get. Yeah. And Forrest Gump, the, the biggest takeaway from that one, again, with all the cool stuff. I mean, you should definitely watch these if you're interested. But the coolest little tidbit from that is that they couldn't quite crack how Tom Hanks was supposed to portray Forrest Gump. Um, until they cast Young Forest, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll just do it like he's doing," because he had already like this really distinctive Southern drawl. Mm-hmm. And every time Tom Hanks was trying to do it, like it just came off kind of offensive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they just would just model it after him. So all of the inflections and uh, cadences came from the actor that was cast as young Forrest Gump and that was his first movie role they just went on a whim to like a casting thing that they were doing in this town huh. and he got the part and I don't think he's ever done anything since then I, I don't believe he has Yeah, so. but I mean that was pretty iconic that movie was also one of those where like they didn't know what was going to happen from day one it was like everybody was fighting with the director and nobody had any faith in it and it's just it's a miracle sometimes that movies can come together in the edit or in post-production, apparently, because it's the same for Pretty Woman. I see, apparently, they shot every scene with like three different takes, a comedic, uh, like a dark, and I forget what the third one was. And then from all of those, they just kind of pieced together the movie in the end. Hmm. Cool. I was like, wow, that's impressive. I think my personal favorite, because... Mitch and I watched that season two was in Back to the Future. They were talking about screening it the first time and the first time the DeLorean takes off and the audience was so <laughs> shocked and horrified because they, they thought they killed the dog in the DeLorean and that once the dog came back, everybody kind of relaxed and enjoyed the movie. <laughs> but apparently audiences did not care for the thought that they might have killed the dog. <laughs> No, yeah, you can't kill a dog in a movie. That's a big no-no. Not unless you're really to kill everybody else in the movie, yeah. <laughs> like John Wick. So yeah, that's uh, the movies that made us season two. All right, so Assembled and Luca are on uh, Disney Plus, and the the movies that made us season two was on Netflix. Jessica, what did you watch this week? Uh, I talked about it last week, but I, I do kind of wish that I had more of a warning over the amount of feels I would have over a show about an MMORPG company <laughs> called Mythic Quest. Because <laughs> that starts out great and continues to get better and better every episode, but it's better because it's emotional and I can't stop watching it. And it's wonderful. <laughs> and I love it. Ian and Poppy for life. OTP. <laughs> <laughs> but other than continuing Mythic Quest, I have started the show that I actually got Apple TV for, and that is Schmigadoon. <laughs> and it is, is that a movie. show or a movie? It's a show. I thought it was a movie oh. when I got it too, but no, apparently it's a weekly show. It comes out every Friday. So we're three episodes in. I think the fourth. The fourth just came out this weekend. And I I can't watch it because I have to watch it on Mondays because I have to watch it with a friend who doesn't have Apple TV. But um, <laughs> but the first three episodes are 
phenomenal. Actually, the first episode is just wonderful and you're hooked in and it just it makes fun of all those lovely old musicals and their tropes. And it's just a wonderful comedy musical. It's so bright and colorful and it's just it's great. I I can't say enough (laughs) about it. The singing, the songs are wonderful. It's just, ugh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do the two leads, Cicely Strong and Keegan Michael Key, do it singing? Um. Well, Keegan hasn't sung yet. Oh, okay. Unless he did in the latest episode, I haven't seen it. I don't but know. Um, he's very anti-musical. Um, reminds me of somebody on this podcast. So he kind of resisted Cecily. She actually has a good voice. She uses it a lot in SNL. So yeah, she nails it. I mean, she puts that like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like a comedy tilt to it where it's like, but you can tell she actually has a really good voice. She's a good natural singer. Um Actually, most people on SNL tend to be really good at singing. I realize it. Thinking of all the singing acts that they do. You're like, yeah. You guys actually can (laughs) sing. You just make it funny. (laughs) 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 Yeah. yeah, Going back to Mythic Quest, did you make it all the way to the end of second season? No, I'm not. not. No, I, I just watched episode 11, which was the episode after the quarantine episode. So the episode in which they do the... um role-playing thingy mabobber the larping the larping there we go i always forget the name of that yeah they did larping and i adored it i just i'm so happy (laughs) uh okay do i I need to be prepared for something what i mean i have an interesting take on the end of the second season i just want to know how everybody what what other people think Okay. All right. Now I'm scared, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of those are on Apple TV Plus. Did you have anything else? No, not really. I think that's it that I want to talk about. I've been watching anime again, but it's not really holding my attention that well. Like, I think I've watched all of season two of Beast Stars, and I barely remember what happened in it. <laughs> how, was your, how was your foray into Knights of the Zodiac? Oh, that didn't last long. <laughs> it's just, it's not a style of anime I like. I don't like fighting. I don't like it where it's like fighting tournaments. It's just Dragon Ball Z never did it for me either. I'm like, like <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, but it was, it was fun. The first few episodes were, were fun, but it just, it's not my, not my cup of tea. <laughs> it's a lot of the same overall. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Shmigadoon and Mythic Quest are both on Apple TV+. Plus. For my week's watch, I'm going to talk about two series also. Uh, on HBO Max, there is a original show called Starstruck. Uh, stars two actors that I've never seen before, but Rose Matafeo and Nikesh Patel. Nikesh plays Tom Kapoor. He is a very big movie star. Uh, this the whole the whole show takes place in London. Uh, he would be, uh, I would say, probably equivalent to a Chris Evans. Um, and Rose, who plays Jesse, she is 
a lady who has like two jobs. One job where she's a, uh, a babysitter au pair and the other one where she works in a movie theater. And one night she goes out with her friend to a bar and she gets really drunk and she meets a guy. She goes home with said guy. Uh, in the morning when she wakes up, she goes to his kitchen and starts making herself a bowl of cereal. And she sees there's a poster like in his living room. Mm-hmm. He looks at the po- She looks at the poster and realizes that he's a movie star and she freaks out. So she didn't realize that this is a pretty big movie star that she went home with. Uh eventually she and him you know start they don't really start dating essentially what happens throughout the whole season is them both having miscommunication and uh circumstances being put in front of them where they don't get together over and over and really it's it's just showing how both of them are just kind of very bad people like not bad people but like they're just not good at relationships um it's it's funny, but it's also very frustrating. And Elizabeth couldn't watch it because it's super awkward. Uh, over and over, yeah, the both both of them too. And it's it doesn't like paint one person of the relationship in a bad light, where the other one is in a good light. They're both kind of painted in a bad light, just because they don't know what what they're doing. So it's only six episodes long. Uh, both all episodes are around half an hour. It's, Pretty easy, quick watch. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the comedy and I enjoyed the the supporting actors. So, huh. The other show I watched that I want to talk about is the new Masters of the Universe Revelations TV series on Netflix. Ooh. Uh, I watched it. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was really good. Uh, I love the art in this. I love the look of it. I love the way that they redesigned a lot of the characters and the voice cast is phenomenal. Like it is a virtual who's who of people that you like. Um, Mark Hamill, obviously for you Star Wars people is the voice of uh, Skeletor. Uh, Lena Headey mm-hmm. from Game of Thrones is uh, Evil Lynn. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, Liam Cunningham is Man of Arms. Justin Long is Roboto. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson is Beastman. Sarah Michelle Gellar is Tila. Uh, getting to He-Man and Adam, that is Chris Wood. Most people probably don't know him. He's he played Monel on Supergirl for many seasons. And uh, Diedrich Bader is Trapjaw. So it's a it's a very good show, and there is a lot of quote unquote fanboy controversy around it on the internet right now. Uh, because because of what happens in the series, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, uh, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Right now, there's only part one of season one that is out, so five episodes, I want to say. Oh. Uh, part two of the season one is supposed to come out, I believe, early next year. Now, do you know, does this go with the she show that they did? It does not. Okay. It, it directly follows what, as Kevin Smith describes it, it follows the original TV series from the 80s. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's true because I really don't have any memory of the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe TV series. Uh, 
one thing I knew for sure is that Adam is much smaller than He-Man when he is not He-Man. Whereas in the old show, Adam and He-Man were the exact same. <laughs> and I don't understand how people didn't notice this, didn't notice that they were the same person. He just had a tan. That's the only yeah. real difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Adam being smaller when he's not He-Man is something that I think was taken from the reboot, which happened around 2004, I think. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, he was more like a teenager. And, um, yeah, he would hulk out when he became He-Man. I mean, that makes sense to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's like in the comic books, but I know in the in the for the toys, which is what this is all based off of. Uh, they were all the same body mold anyways, as we learned from the toys that made us on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. Because originally they just wanted to make uh, Conan Barbarian toys, but yep. th- they couldn't because of rights. So they made He-Man <laughs> and, and stole Cringer from uh, a zoo set of toys <laughs> for <laughs> Tiger. Just make him green. <laughs> just make him green. Uh, has anybody else got a chance to watch this? I've only seen the toxic masculinity reaction all over YouTube and a little mm. bit on Twitter about it. Um, I'm I'm surprised. I figured you'd be all over this, John. I, I just haven't gotten around to this one because I was catching up on a bunch of other stuff. I definitely want to check it out because I did like He-Man growing up. Um, I think during the 80s when they had these horrible vinyl costumes, it was literally just like this thing you would put on like a poncho and a plastic mask. Mm-hmm. Like that was like popular costumes. I think one of mine that I had was He-Man, um, <laughs> and I remember watching it when it was actually on. And I had Skeletor. I want to say um, I didn't have the original He-Man, but I had like the one that had the battle damage on the chest. That if you like hit it, it would like change from like clean to like scratch to. Then there's a big old gash in it. Mm. Um, and I think I had the elephant guy. And I liked him because you could put water in his backpack and press a button and it would shoot water from its snout. And I thought that was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Um, but um, it, it's one of those series that I remember watching and I liked it. But I don't love it like I would for something like Star Wars. So it's not revered for me. So something that gets reimagined or reinterpreted like this, I probably would be okay with. Um but I'm guessing the people that are having a really strong negative reaction, um, this must be like their surrogate parent when they were latchkey kids and there was no adults around and all they had for comfort was He-Man to like get them through their everyday life. And now it's like you're shitting on my like history here and don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people complaining i mean there's not a lot of people complaining like in the latest episode of fat man beyond uh i guess like you know kevin smith can't really deal with people criticizing him on twitter so he has to (laughs) feel he feels like he has to answer them uh but then netflix like kind of stepped in and was like you know that it's like maybe five thousand people that are complaining about this Mm -hmm. when there's about two million or so that are saying that it's great. So the numbers of people that are saying it's bad is irrelevant. Well, it's, it's a very well, loud minority because the internet gives everyone a voice. Yeah. yeah. And the people who hate things are the loudest. Yeah. You know? That's, that's anything like there's Disney articles too. Cause like Disney just announced that they're bringing back masks and dwarves because of the Delta variant. And then I just see a thing about like, 
most fans are upset about changing to masks indoors. And then you click on the article and it's like four tweets. Like, <laughs> that's only four not, not Disney most fans, fans that have actively, <laughs> that's not the definition of most. Like, at least do a poll out of like 100 and you could be like maybe a percentage. But no. That's like, too much work, Jessica. It's that's too, just much too much work. work. It's just like, look, we found these five really good tweets about why. And then there's like two people that like don't care. And then there's like two people that are perfectly fine with it. But so therefore most <laughs> are not. It's just like... That's not how you journalism. Like, can we bring back good journalism? Nope, because we need clicks. Because clicks means ads. Ads mean money. Deep journalism requires time and expense to put together something. And if you've got to fill 24 hours, 365, you don't have time for that. So... The poll is very easy to make on the internet, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, HBO, or sorry, Starstruck is on HBO Max and Masters of the Universe Revelations is on Netflix. Okay. Let's get into talking about Sweet Tooth, which is also on Netflix. Uh, Episode one is called Out of the Deep Woods and episode two is Sorry About All the Dead People. Sorry now, about all the dead people. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for all the fish. But thanks for all the fish. Um, are you? Th- did anybody have anything going into this? Like, did you already? Oh, first, has anybody gone past episode two? No, no, no. I think Stephen was the only one that had watched the whole season already, and oh. th- but he had watched it before we decided to do the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So this and this is also based off a comic book. But did anybody have anything going into this? Did you have any forethought? Did you have any uh, spoilers? Did you? I watched the trailer once and was convinced it was going to make me sad, so I stopped (laughs) paying attention. Okay. (laughs) I think I watched three seconds of the trailer. Actually, no. I think I just saw a picture of the cute little kid and Robert Downey Jr. talking about it, and that was it. I really wish I actually watched the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) John. Um, all I remember hearing is that it was going to be kind of like the road with human animal hybrids. And that's oh, pretty much it. I, I don't I think it's going to be that <laughs> sad, dude. The, dark, the road is dark. Yes, it this is. This hasn't started out happy. The road is dark. <laughs> okay. The road is dark. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely bleak. This one has like a much more like lively color palette which gives me like some sense of hope (laughs) but it's it's not going to good places so far it actually kind of has a slight with the different storylines um that seem to be at some point going to be interjecting um the way the narrator is describing things it kind of sort of slightly reminds me of um the way that um pushing daisies is formatted not Mm. quite as colorful or fanciful yeah. yeah but like how he's kind of jumping through time. He's basically the omniscient observer and mm-hmm. um, is, yeah, kind of just giving us a little insight on everyone in different points. And like I said, the color palette is definitely much, it, it implies us maybe a, hopefully a better outcome. Cause yeah, if you watch the road, that's like all just shades of gray. <laughs> this one, you uh, see bright red flowers, yellow things and like greens in the field still. So, there's the no narrator. Folk music, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
the narrator is James Brolin. Just to mm-hmm. uh, have that out there. I don't know if he is going to play a bigger role or if he's just narrator. Um, most of episode one is following around just the two characters of Gus and Puba uh, or Papa. Pubba. Pubba. Pubba uh, is played by Will Forte, which I'm a big fan of Will Forte. So I, usually anything that he's in. This is definitely a departure from anything that I've seen him do before, mm. uh, but doing it well, I would say. Um, we are introduced to the character of Tommy Jeppard or Big Man at the end of the episode. End of the first episode. End yeah. of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are at the beginning of the episode following around uh, Dr. Singh, uh, played by Adil Akhtar. Um, Any comments on the doctor at this point? I mean, we we had this discussion of was this shot before or after the current pandemic hit? <laughs> and if it was shot before, yeah. I feel like they were very omniscient because I think he does. He is. I think he's a good representation of the exhaustion that mm-hmm. frontline workers are feeling and the kind of I'm. I just want to like I'm, I'm done. I I kind of want to walk away. Uh huh. I think the, I, the the me the bigger part was when he walks into in the second episode when he walks into the clinic, and he, the first thing he does is put on the hand sanitizer. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean I know hand sanitizer was a thing before the pandemic, but it became mm-hmm. a thing <laughs> for everybody in the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, there was a small scene in the second episode too, where masks. the character of Amy, <laughs> yes, yeah, where you see masks on the floor. And it's very prominently fit, like seen. It's not like it's like background detail. I was like, right. that's like the Walmart parking lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just all of it. All of it, yeah. you know, and the conversation in the second episode between Big Man and the family mm-hmm. where he's like, I don't know why people still believe these kinds of things. And I'm like, oh, I think about all the misinformation and all the. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yep. Sounds about sounds about right. This. Hit it nail on the head. So as it is, it's it's a virus that starts, it looks like neurologically, because uh, yeah. yeah, of the, it makes the finger twitch. twitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then all the babies that are born end up being hybrids. Uh, hybrids between man and animal. All different types of animals. Does, not just mammals, but also birds. and We have not seen any amphibians or... F- fish but and apparently right. deer are rare because they keep on talking about that to sweet tooth like i've never seen a deer before right uh what did we see in the nursery we i know we saw a bird it's like an saw, orangutan saw a puppy a puppy a porcupine porcupine Ooh. yeah i remember the porcupine who in the right mind i have a lot of issues with the show who in the <laughs> right mind looks at those and I was like, that's evil incarnate. I literally would look at that and be like, I will die for you. In the world. Like, oh my God, all of them. I'm like I don't know. I think I, I mean I feel like that's the, the instant uh connection that Amy has at the end of the second episode yeah. who works yeah. at the zoo or lives at the zoo. Um but I mean obviously <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah and that was a little pig girl. 
um I, I mean obviously people are superstitious to a fault so yeah. one thing happening at the same time as another thing is obviously a causation it, not just a correlation so. yes yes it is and i got it but at the same time like even if you look at it's generally a 50 50 generally even right now it is generally a 50 50 like there is not <laughs> enough of the other side here or i'm just not seeing it and also like did this pandemic literally go to doomsday in one day because oh, yeah. it really Pretty seems much. like the next day we're all dying and i was like this is well it's just, not it's like quite, like what the hell is happening <laughs> i don't know when it's we, just the timeline doesn't make sense when we see yeah. the 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 flashback in uh amy's doctor's office like everybody gets the alert that this is an emergency alert and then all of a sudden things are on fire and people start killing <laughs> each other like yesterday here alone in our hometown of yuma we got how many flash flood like emergency <laughs> warnings and i don't think a lot of people started killing each other i i know it's a flash flood and not you know i, I was legit like but. there's flash flood as as i was driving to my hair appointment and i'm like I need to get my hair cut. I think my solution to the flash flooding was, oh, well, I guess I'm going to change into my pajamas and watch the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it. you're right, Jessica. It definitely escalates way too quick, way too fast. But I think that's just the comic book like yeah. fairy tale version of the story, the reason why they they went that way. See, from now on, any future depictions of the collapse of society needs to feature a scene where people are first fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> the fact that that visitor center is not completely picked dry oh, in the right? second episode, like that's the most har- unbelievable thing to me <laughs> at this point. Like, were they a family that worked at the the visitor center or were they just, did they just happen to be at the visitor center when everything went down? They're like, well, this is our new home now. Well, no, they said they, they weren't there. They were in the city. Oh. Working there. It, it's almost like things collapse and they're like, well, we're going to go to the national park and <laughs> see what we can find to hide out in. Which, I mean, also, uh, Pubba was like, did he put up that fence? Like at Je- Yellow Yellowstone? Yeah, it's almost said Jellystone. Yellowstone <laughs> <laughs> National hey, Park. Well, he repaired it. We watched that he in the first it, episode. Yeah. So. so my guess is that was at one point like an off limits area. And he was just like, nah, I'm going to live here. Mm-hmm. But the, obviously his son was born before the rest of the other hybrids. They keep making comment of like he's bigger, he's older. So uh, he can talk. He can. Well, that's yeah. I'm I'm guessing well, no, that's because they took the other ones away. He wasn't abandoned. Like yeah, if you yeah. don't get, I think I've mentioned it on other podcasts. If you don't get language <laughs> at a certain point in your life, it's really hard for you to develop it. And those points are when you're in early childhood. Like you need to read to your kid. You need to talk to your kid. Like it's important. If you don't, they're going to develop their own sort of language. And clearly, that's what they've done. And it's like a half. It seems like it's more animal than human. Whatever. I mean, like in the the flashback with Doctor Singh in the first episode, John, like when he goes to see all the babies that were born, you see all the mothers and you know fathers that are just crying outside that room. It reminds me of uh, Batman Returns when you know the penguin's born. (laughs) So obviously, the next step is to go throw the baby in the river. Yeah, and (laughs) hope it gets found by penguins and circus uh, performers in the sewer system. Exactly. Um, Or as we discover in the second episode, you kill them and try to use them for a cure. 
we're assuming that it's implied no, but i think that's, that that's what what's is. happening yeah. that is exactly <laughs> what, what it is, is. It, i would literally poachers who yeah. want to who are going to sell sweet tooth and then you have the discussion with dr singh about you know it goes against everything you know i'm not proud of what i've done it goes against everything yeah no they are definitely killing the babies yeah. you know that they can't the get the virus that's been confirmed i literally was screaming at my tv like just say it's the kids like just say you're murdering children but God. maybe that's the reason why they aren't saying it because it's not that's not what it is. You you're No, that's exactly really? what it is. They're just too horrified the themselves. <laughs> the show is gonna pull that a catch twenty two. It, might. No. No, it might. You don't it's know. Not. You know what though? <laughs> this this has to take place in the wizarding world of Harry Potter because Sweet Tooth's Patronus is a stag. <laughs> <laughs> that's confirmed in here. <laughs> I mean, I did like when the stag showed up and it was just it like, really cool. all, all I could do, all I could think was like, those antlers can't fit through that door. <laughs> that, that guy is safe. There's nothing, nothing's going to happen to him from that it thing. Didn't, it didn't need to. You know what though? <clears throat> this is the moment in the show where my heart sank and I said, fuck this show. Mm-hmm. Is when Sweet Tooth uh, sees the deer for the first time yeah. and thinks it's his mom. Yeah. And I was like, Oh well, every time he sees what? tracks that aren't his or his his dad's, he's like, "Mom, like <laughs> it's come on." <laughs> clearly, have a mother. <laughs> I, I mean, dear. I'm pretty. I'm wondering if you're going to find out that Pubba was not even his dad. Probably. Like, oh, for I, sure. I, I, I think that's a crazy go. that snatched up a baby. Well, or he was the doctor that delivered the baby. Or he was yeah, the doctor that. that delivered the baby, and and the family abandoned. You know, yeah. like there's. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. There's no way. And Mama's either dead or she didn't want Sweet Tooth to begin with. Well, it's probably not going to be the lady that's in the picture. That might be actually be War- uh, Pubba's wife that died. But by by Maybe. the way, just don't lie to children. Just right. Even if it's bad, children can understand death. You can tell them. I don't know if Mom's dead. But just tell them the truth. There's no point in lying to a child. They're going to know that you're lying. They're going to know you're hiding the truth. It's just going to make them. If you actually tell the truth and have a conversation with them, they're probably not going to try to leave, dumbass. Like, just in general. I mean, don't protect your kids. Once the, once the kid gets the teenager, <laughs> he's going to leave. It doesn't matter if you're telling the truth or not telling Sweet the truth. Sweet Tooth is 10. That's not really a teenager, but still. like, I, yeah. I'm just saying, it's eventually going to happen. It will eventually happen. It would happen earlier for Sweet Tooth because he has been raised to be more independent anyway. So, yeah. So let's talk about the fact that Pubba had a case that has the virus in it. What are we thinking here? Is he the developer of the virus? Did he... Is he, was he a scientist that was working on it? Any any thoughts? There's a lot of questions about that. Yeah. We don't know for sure if that was the virus, but he did get the sick afterwards. I mean, it was um, in a case. It had it had markings of you it, know it looked medical. Well, yeah. except it, medical. it also looked identical to the treatment slash cure that Doctor Singh was getting for his wife. No, his his was per- pink and his hers was, was yellow. Pink, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was different. But I what I'm wondering is is if it may have been if he may have started out trying to find a cure and testing on Sweet Tooth and when they said, Well, let's just kill him so we can get more of it, he's like, and we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. So what you're saying is that this is basically the Mandalorian. I mean, 
if that's the Mandalorian a is killed, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Was it Lone Wolf and Cub? Like yeah. that's the original story. I mean, it, and we see it happen. Twi- and then we see it happen twice in this move in this show already. Like the and first episode, you see Pubba and Sweet Tooth, and then Big Man does the same thing once Pubba's dead. Like this is just. I guess you're my child now. I don't want you though, but like, <laughs> I guess you're my child now. <laughs> Funny that it was just the fact that he could talk was enough to switch big man. Like he was going to poach him just as much. There I'm is- thinking that his backstory is that he accidentally killed a child, another one that spoke and he realized, Oh, they're not just animals. And Maybe this That's could be a way of telling him he was doing. Yeah, I don't think he quit though. I don't. Th- I don't. I think he intended to kill him at that moment, but the kid talked. Well, he clearly at some point left his whatever they're calling them tribe, tribe, clan, clan. Yeah, group. Ugh. His hunting party. He left his hunting party before running into Sweet Tooth. I do hope that we do get to find out more about like what was it Abbott's rule or Abbott's law, whatever uh, the, the poachers that were outside the visitor center proclaimed like because of Abbott's law, we are allowed to come in and like, I want to know who that is. What, who like That's probably the, the backstory. Maybe. Although I did have some issue with that. I'm like, that is so playing into the big, bad, scary government like <laughs> trope that it, and it, and it drives me crazy because it feeds into real life often. So any regulation must be this, the equivalent of, you know, this Abbott's law or this right. big bad government coming to take, the take fun- your freedom. <laughs> but the funny thing is, <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. What was, what was the name of the law or the, the emergency enactment for the Japanese concentration camps during World War II? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. Um, martial law. No. Oh, it was o- Executive Order nine zero six six. It yeah. wasn't given a common name. Nope. Uh, no. They didn't fancy it up. They didn't call it the Patriot Act or anything like that. Or the no, Jim no, no, we got that one later. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just Executive Order ninety sixty six. Yeah, we, yeah. It wasn't until later than we found out the power of advertising. Yeah, I mean, back then it was just direct and to the point. Yep. yep. I was going to say, unfortunately, the only one I was coming up with was Korematsu, which was the le- the legal case regarding those that issue um, and whether or not that was a lawful law. But anyway. Well, yeah. that's to be decided after this, the fact, I guess. Yes, this actually always. kind of reminds me more of the, the law for uh, Southern slavery owners to be able to go into the free north and get their quote unquote the, the ruling back. under Dred Scott yeah the Dred Scott ruling that's what the law actually reminds me of because they're treating these kids like they're not human beings well they're at least half. Actually, like, <laughs> 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 or what what was it back in the past they were three-fifths yes the three-fifths rule yeah so that's very on the nose for that that's what it reminded me of at least yeah, so the the government does have a history of being scummy when it comes to people's rights. Um, does in it? some cases, but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little you know, manifest destiny and all that being said, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, this is our land. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director on this is Jim Mickle. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I've 
he's he has a few credits. Happen Leonard was a big one that 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 has a that was a TV series. Uh, Stakeland was a uh, a vampire movie from 2010. Well, 2019, he had a Netflix movie called In the Shadow of the Moon. That's probably the only one that I've seen. And that was not a great sci-fi movie uh, about time travel. So uh, that makes me a little bit hesitant, but I am enjoying this more than I enjoyed that movie so far. But we'll see how we when we get further down the line. Um. Any other thoughts? Anything else to stick out to anybody? I did stop it at one point because yeah. I saw something and I, I, I've convinced myself that that's not going to be anything at this point now. Mm. But at the point when uh, Big Man, mm. like, kind of creeps up on the poacher that is being dumbstruck by the the um, stag. stag, you see him kind of like just like get bigger behind him. But because he's standing up, but the the fire catches his eyes in a way that it does the same kind of glint thing that you see on Sweet Tooth when it's dark. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if they were trying to imply something about Big Man that he also had some hybrid in him. He's but, a replicant, but it'd be yeah, he could, or he could be a replicant. It's Blade Runner, <laughs> <laughs> but that is, I think, that's way too. Uh, a, mm. too much of a stretch for a, a grown adult man who used to be in the NFL uh, to be on the, to be a hybrid mm. unless it's something that they were doing way back when. And now it's, or it's just being used to show that like the hybrids are just the next step. And like, you've always had an evolutionary thing yeah. an evolutionary. That's a good call. See, I thought you were going to go more literal and say that because his last name is shepherd, he's going to round up a bunch of these hybrids and take them to the safe place. But his name is Jeopard. Jeopard? With a J. Oh. <laughs> I like John's better. I mean, it could Jeopard it could just be happier. another interpretation of the word shepherd, just like good speed, mm. godspeed, like kind of thing. Yeah. Like Jiff and Gif. <laughs> no, it's just no. It's like actually, it <laughs> it's actually Gepard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of our panda bear person at the end of the episode reminded me of um tropic ben thunder stiller in tropic thunder <laughs> <laughs> uh good like, guy I bad that, guy. which i love most bad guy oh dude those are bad guys absolutely 100 <laughs> percent bad guys that preserve is not a preserve okay. you don't you don't wear a skull on your face and be a good guy <laughs> I will find a person that is a good guy that wears a skull on their face. You go for it. They are definitely bad guys, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about Cubone from Pokemon. There you go. Oh, Done. There you go. Oh, Cubone, but his is sad. But he's not a person that wears a skull on his face. <laughs> Isn't he? Isn't Cuba wearing the skull of like a like a family member of its his mother? Mom. Yeah. yeah. See. He yeah, there's some, his mom's but he's skull. not a human. <laughs> there's there's some pretty dark lore with that with, with Pokemon, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> if you're ever curious, by the I way, um, you can check out on YouTube. Look up Lost Pokedex, and they have a lot of the either rumored or semi-confirmed history of certain Pokemon. Um, where it turns out that Voltorbs are actually Pokeballs, where the Pokemon that was in them became fused with it, and that's why they're now permanently. Uh, a red and white ball Pokemon instead of like whatever wow. animal was in them. Yeah. <laughs> they can get pretty crazy. Deep. Any, uh, any, what are your thoughts on Dr. Singh? Is he going to continue the research? 
He's going to try. I Yeah. Even I, the morbid parts of it? Yep. And then I mean, he's going to come face to face with Sweet Tooth. Yeah, he won't be able to do it. I'd be like, well, I can't do it to a deer, but like <laughs> this wolf one over here, <laughs> this raven one. Yeah, you know, there's definitely some animals that seem more expendable than others. If there's like a rabbit person, rat. Like, well, I mean, I mean, rat. the pig baby we just saw. Pigs have a very close to human like characteristics, and yeah. yes. So there's that. Yeah. Could almost no. pass as human with a little plastic surgery, maybe. <laughs> Wait, we didn't see its hands. Were they like we cloven? Don't, we don't know if they're cloven or not. Yeah. All I know is this show is going to continue to make me sad. And I'm <laughs> yes. going to continue to kind Absolutely. of just I'm kind not... of dread watching the do next episode. Do you think Robert Downey Jr. would do that to you? Yes. yes. <laughs> 100% yes. I'm, I'm I have even... no doubt in my mind. I'm not even sad though. I'm just mad at this show because it's just <laughs> so thick and tropey. Like I'm like, just oh my god! Like of course you're just gonna lie to your kid. Like oh, of course it's gonna seem like the entire world just abandons these kids. Like of course there's gonna be no humor in this at all because we've only proven that yeah, when horrible things happen in this world, we have zero humor about it and we don't make fun of it right away, right? Like I just. <laughs> I don't know. And it's just, I, that's why I avoid dystopians because I feel like dystopians just don't ever show truly how people actually are. I mean, we saw like, how people actually are during. I mean, they, they do <laughs> get the fact that people are generally crappy, right? People are generally crappy, but not all people. And it's not all that rapid. And there's just not enough of real world in this one. I, I don't know. Often, and it's oftentimes, me. it's just oftentimes me so those bad people. Also have guns. <laughs> it is true. That is, it is interesting that there wasn't more guns from the poachers in this world. Unless they just ran out of bullets. I mean, if if all of industry yeah. has stopped, you, it's been it's, ten years. So yeah, at some point, yeah. you unless you know how to make your own, which some do, but you have to have the materials and you mm-hmm. have to like that's. Well, that also brought up one of the details I like from this production is when you see like after some time has passed in a society and no more production is taking place, um, things that are made out of found items. I really enjoy that a lot. And I liked how they had that little toy train set that looks like it was made out of like cans uh-huh. and all the stuff that they had at the, at the cabin, like the, yeah, you know, just with whatever you have it's, available to you. you it's know, and, very much um far cry, right? Far cry. Is that the, Fallout, Fallout, not Far Cry, Fallout. Yes, Fallout. Um, it reminded me of this really awful movie um, whose name I can't remember now off the top of my head. It was with uh, Bill Murray. And um, they all lived like in a vault underground. And they were all tiny because all the animals were huge, apparently. Um, something, I don't know this movie. The City of Lights or something like that. Mm. Um, nope. Yeah, I think it was City of Lights now that I think about it. Anyway, Bill, yeah. Bill Murray? Yeah. Bill Murray, uh, City of Lights, I believe is what it was called. And it it has a very, very Fallout look to it. Um, Where, you know, because they've been in this underground vault now for, I don't know how many, like, at least 100 years, maybe more. You just make whatever you can with, like, your leftovers. You're talking about City of Ember? That's the one. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. It's an awful movie, but it's got great production value for the what I'm talking about. It's a young adult book series. 
Yeah, it says it was from Walden Entertainment or a Walden Media Entertainment or something like that. Um, what, what, what you were describing reminded me of uh, Downsize with Matt Damon. I don't know if you ever watched that where they shrink themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't explain what happens to these people, but like, I guess maybe just from being in isolation for i don't know how many centuries it's been already the biologically they probably just started adapting to becoming smaller over time yeah well yeah if you've got less yeah. space yeah sure. less food less resources um but yeah that was one of the things i liked about it is those little details and the crumbling they call it, was that what they call it the big crumble yes mm. yeah I don't know. never re- never read it never watched it no no, no. and Sweet tooth. In the show, Sweet they tooth. refer to the collapse as, of civilization oh. as the, the big, big crumble. crumble. Uh, then we will return next week with episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk to me more about this show or any things that we talked about today, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. John, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. And Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekelitemedia, for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... Geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.